this is Joseph Carlson, and this is episode 121 of Gaming with Grief, and I'm calling this episode, Tell Me Why Review. Uh, but before we get started, I want to remind you guys that this podcast will hit my website, www.gamingwithgrief.com, Monday morning at 7 a.m. Go there, leave a comment, let me know what you think of the show, or you can go to Apple uh, Podcast Services or the Google Play Store, uh, you know, like, subscribe, star it, rate it, review it, stuff like that, that helps me out. Or you can go to gwgpodfellows at gmail.com, uh, drop me an email, let me know what you think of the show, if you want me to read, if you have a question, things like that, go there and drop me an email. And you can find me on Twitter, at JustLittleJoe. So yeah, this is a pretty straightforward episode, uh, except where my internet crashed while I was researching this, and it is out right now, but I'm recording the episode anyway, and what I'm going to do is something a little different. Usually when I do a game, I spoil it throughout the review and what I think of certain things, but I'm going to save the spoiler part of the episode till the very end. That way, if you don't want spoilers and you want to play the game for yourself, you can bow out and just leave. Uh, But I will talk about my impressions of the game and what I've researched and found out about it, um, you know, while playing it and just what I thought, you know, my impressions while I was playing it. So if you don't know, uh, Tell Me Why is by Don't Nod. They've done Life is Strange. Um, They've also done Remember Me, which is like an obscure game that came out, um, I want to say on the PS3, and I think it was on the Xbox, but I don't think it really, uh, you know, I don't know. I don't think it really hit the way they wanted to hit. It looked interesting, but I heard really bad things about it. Um, Well, just mediocre things. Um, But yeah, this was uh, announced several years ago in an Xbox event. Uh, I want to say E3. Um, and this is a, ch- a um, like a chapter-based, like uh, episodic-based story game. It's only three chapters, which is pretty nice. Each chapter is about three hours long, depending on, you know, there's collectibles and, um, you know, little side puzzles to solve. Um, but yeah, it was good. Basically, the crux of this is your two twins who have been separated for about, a decade um your mother uh who had um some mental health problems uh died on your um on the property when you were young and you basically um kind of were implicated in that both twins um and so what happens is one of them goes to a rehab center i mean this is in the opening of the game so it's not really spoiler one of them goes to a rehab center uh kind of like a they're in alaska um, in a place called Delos Crossing. Um, I think that's a made-up place. I couldn't find anything. Again, my internet crashed while I was researching this episode. So really, I'm probably just going to talk more about the episode. Um, one of the twins transition from female to male. Uh, I don't really want to dwell on that, except I think it's pretty powerful that they had some trans rights messages in the game, and they're pretty open. From what I could research before my internet crashed, they did actually use a trans actor to portray Tyler, which I thought was pretty good. Um, I thought it was pretty neat, uh, you know, and, and there's resources on their website. You can go to tellmewhygame.com, uh, backslash resources or forward slash resources. They talk about, uh, suicide prevention, um, trans rights on there. And also I think they made up the name in the game, uh, the, the, the Clinkit tribe, but I think it's a different tribe in Alaska that they're basing, uh, basing it off of. So, you know, there's natives there. Uh, one of the Native Americans is the police chief, Brown. Um, it's I didn't see his name. I didn't really do... Again, my internet crashed. 
but uh, they they seem to be very respectful of local, you know, the local tribes, which is kind of nice. They work with them. Obviously, one of the resources on their resource page is looking into the tribe and reading the history about the tribe, which I read a little bit into it. But again, I'll say this for the last time, my internet crashed. So, but there's three chapters in the game. The first chapter is basically uh, the twins coming together after being away. Um, and uh, yeah, I think it... It does a good job in the game of setting up, you know, people that have been estranged from one another that went through a traumatic event to kind of uh, come back together and how that weaves in and out of the narrative. The first part is really setting up the crux of the twins' relationship. Uh, since Tyler was in the rehab facility, obviously he didn't really talk to a lot of people from the outside world, and obviously this creates tension in the game. Because your sister, Allison, is like, you know, why didn't we talk? Things like that. It was a really good way to set up, you know, just a few characters. And they decide basically in the beginning of the game that they're going to sell their mom's house. Because it was so traumatic. Uh, not Again, I'm not going to get into too many spoilers. This is just a general, this kind of like sets up in the very beginning. Um, you uh, kind of find out more about the town. More about Tyler and Allison and what they've been trying to do. You find more about what they wanted to do when they got out of high school, but obviously they're in Alaska. They're in a small town of Dallas Crossing, uh, and you know they both had ambitions to get out and things like that. And I think it does a good job, and I think it's acted well. And I, I heard middling things about this game uh, from people that I respect. Uh, I didn't read the reviews; it was just you know impressions on podcasts and things, kind of like you're listening to now. People just talking about what they thought about the game and if things rang true. I know Don't Nod for a long time has been knocked for their I don't know how to put this, like maybe that everything seems a little bit off or a little bit corny. Um, you know, they are predominantly a French studio, but I'm sure they have native uh, native speaking because most of their stuff's in English. And I would say, you know, not to knock anybody's knowledge or whatever, but being a native speaker of language, you definitely have a different ear than if you study language. As someone who studied Chinese and is far from fluent, uh, I would get, you know, not scolded, but corrected a lot when I was there. Like, that doesn't sound right. People don't say it like that. You know, in your textbook, it says to do this. You could do this, but you need to do X or Y or, you know, whatever. So, um, and I did the same thing because people were taking English as a second language when I was in China and they would show me their English homework. And, um, I was, you know, the first question I asked is, is this British English or American English? It's American English. Well, this sentence doesn't really make sense. And people would say, well, my teacher said it's right. And I said, well, I don't mean, want to be, you know, I don't want to be disrespectful to your teacher, but, uh, you know, is your teacher a native speaker? And they're like, no, they're Chinese. And I was like, again, I don't want to be disrespectful. But, you know, when you live in a place, you hear a lot of, I don't know, colloquial sayings, a lot of syntax. And again, I think do not get got knocked for this because it's like, this doesn't seem right. Or like, even the people they're portraying, like, this is a girl. Do they have any women on the team writing? Which I think they did. But some of it, the thing with Donut Games is there's always a supernatural element. And I'll get more into the supernatural element when I talk about spoilers. Um, but I think this was a good, subtle, supernatural thing. Uh, their first game, Life is Strange 1, had to do with rewinding time, uh, which I might check out. But I, uh, they just came out with Life is Strange 2, but actually Donut didn't do it. I think it was Deck 9 that developed this one. I think they worked with Donut in the past, and I think uh, Life is Strange two true colors is like their first game like full game by themselves i think uh you know alone and uh, i believe and i think i want to check it out because it's getting a lot of buzz um but i think 
with this, the power that they have is subtle enough to not totally make the game breakable. And I want another thing I want to commend. You know, episodic games, how many episodes in it? When do those episodes get released? How long between uh, releases? And from what I can tell, the first episode one called Homecoming came out on August 27, 2020. Um, and then from, again, my research as I was writing it down, the internet crapped out and I got an alert from Comcast. So it's pretty serious when they send you a text alert. But um, I think it was every three months another uh, episode came out. It's part of Game Pass. So if you have Game Pass, you can check it out. Um but I think, again, with the episodic thing, a lot of people rip it for being, oh, man, these episodes are too long, or this one didn't hit, that one didn't hit. This is only three episodes. So I think it is a strong um, – There's these are three strong episodes. Instead of going, well, we have to have five, so what could we do to pad the runtime, as it were? And you don't want to pad the runtime. You just want to make – you know, you want to make the story as good as possible. So I think them sticking to just three episodes, you know, you have, you know, a natural three uh, – act story structure you know the setup the um you know the action part of it and then the payoff you know or the action payoff in the second and then kind of like the epilogue at the end the kind of you know culmination of the act and the setup you know like a three-act structure basically and i think it works really well i think the voice acting was really good even with some of the minor characters there isn't a lot of characters in the game i think i want to say maybe 10 people one two three four five six uh seven eight, nine, yeah, 10 people, I think, uh, main cast. Um, they do, whoever did the job of Marianne, again, I didn't, uh, I didn't write it down. The voice actress who did Marianne in English was very good. Um, the mother, and she has mental health problems. Um, you know, and apparently there is a big disclaimer in front of this game that uh, Don't Not did work with mental health experts they work with trans rights people to get the trans character right they hired a trans actor to do the voice for the trans uh twin um and i thought they were very respectful of um you know the thing and um they you know one of the characters has kind of an uncomfortable situation because they haven't seen the they haven't seen tyler in 10 years and they're like oh right your brother and they have this like really awkward conversation but i thought it was handled really well because I've actually talked to my friend about this. I have maybe one acquaintance that's trans. I haven't talked to them in a long time. And I don't understand everything about the trans movement. But, um, you know, games like this help me not have that awkward conversation. You know, I try to be respectful. Uh, but you do have questions, I think. And you don't know how to ask them or whatever. And um, I think some of it is maybe just uh, diving in there and doing it. But I think, you know... You can crap on games all you want, but the idea that you can just have this conversation in a game and people like me who are kind of dum-dums and maybe disrespectful could be like, ah, that was an awkward way to handle that conversation. But now they're giving me a little bit more information. In fact, I will look at some of these resources when my internet is up, you know, trans rights and things. I mean, trans people are people. Uh, the way I look at it is what's the point? What's what's all this point? With I mean, I don't want to get too political, but... People are people, and people just want to live their lives, and they want to be happy. And I don't, um, you know, if you want to split hairs over how someone was uh, created biologically, to me, that's not the point, you know? Um, like I said, I have, an, I have an acquaintance that's trans. I haven't talked to them in years. But we didn't talk about them being trans in our conversation. We just talked about things that normal people would talk about. I hate Robin. They defended Robin from the DC Comics. Uh, we went back and forth. Um, he, he, they kind of agreed with me. 
you know, um, oh, yeah, this was, um, you know, I like this run. And I said, you're ridiculous. Robin is a dumb character. I can't believe he's still around. They totally disagreed with me. Um, but anyway, it's stuff like that, I think, that is more impactful than, uh, you know, those kind of conversations are more impactful about people are people. And to just have those conversations is, to me, more important than, well, you weren't born biologically this or by like, what does that matter? It doesn't matter at all. You know, again, people are people. Anyway, that's my diatribe. Um, but yeah, going back to Life is Strange, um, I think the end was satisfying. And there was a massive revelation towards the end, which made me kind of recontextualize this. And I will get into it more with spoilers. But I thought, well, here's something that doesn't isn't violent and is discussing something serious of grief of this mother passing away on the property and these kids having to deal with it and what they do. And I thought, well, this is unique and it's telling a different story. There is a trans person in the story, so their story uh, deserves to get told. Uh, I will say, uh, non-spoilers, Tyler looked really good. The the animations were good and things like that. Uh, But at the end, he cut his hair and I was not a fan of that. Not because I think the, uh, you know, the animation of it was bad or anything i just liked him with longer hair i thought he looked good uh he looked kind of normal like i don't know not as impressive with uh with with, sh- with a shaved head which kind of bummed me out but um yeah i'm trying to think of what else uh i think that's it it is a very good game again it takes about three hours to beat each chapter i spent a little bit more time because i was trying to find some of the collectibles there is some puzzles i was able to figure out some of them um you know by myself but some of them i couldn't so i actually had to use a guide i will not go back in uh again i played on xbox i will not go back in 1k and i will not get all the achievements because you know this whole game is about in my opinion healing and trying to come to an understanding with your family and uh allison your twin and um you know the police chief who was there when investigated the death of your mother and it's tense because he uh you know you got sent to a rehab center uh, because of what happened at the, at, on your property when your mom died and your your uh, sister Allison was adopted by the pre- police chief. Um, I mean, again, this, this gets set up very early on, so it's not really spoilers, but this whole thing was about coming together. So there is choices in the game of do you want to reject what your twin is asking you to do because you play both twins, but it's kind of more from Tyler's perspective. Um, so you have the choice... Several times in the game, Allison will ask you, you know, literally an olive branch or a peace offering of here, you know, listen to me, take this. Someone wants you to have this. You guys are trying to patch up your relationship. And um, to me, that was more powerful than I'll, you know, burn it to the ground. I don't want to talk to her. Everything they were saying felt, the dialogue felt good and it felt um, true in a way and uh, earnest. So when you're trying to patch it together with your sibling, I wanted to do that. Now, there is an ending where you don't do that. You don't see it. eye. You reject every gift that she's given you. There is two endings to pick from. I do like that they allow you to choose. So no matter what's been happening in the narrative, at the end, you could like there's a big choice and you could say yes or no, or this is what I see or this is what I don't see. And you can choose, which I do like more freedom like that because you, again, have the option to... Um, say, uh, you know, I know that we've been pushing each other apart, but I believe in you, or um, we've, we've been coming together, but I disagree with you. That I like that. Uh, it reminds me of Infamous 2 a little bit. That whole game had to do with choice, but at the end, 
you had two choices and it's like, we know you've been going the good choices, but you could pick the evil way to go. Or, hey, we know you've been burning the city down and everything, but you could pick to do the good thing, the, the good thing in the end. I like that kind of, I don't know, um, stopgap in a way to be like, okay, well, you know, we really want you to play this the way you want to play it. We understand that you've been a good or bad, but now you can pick a good or bad ending depending on how you want it. I really, really like that and I wish more games would do it. Also, Something that's a small, quiet of life thing that I wish more games would do, and maybe it is just a thing nowadays that I just haven't noticed, but I really noticed with this game. I mean, we all get busy in life. The phone rings. You got to use the bathroom. You got to make some food. I got animals. I got to let them outside. Something comes up. Someone knocks on the door. I think the ability to just hit start and pause it, like mid dialogue or mid cutscene, and then come back and it's all there. I mean, bravo. I mean, that's that's the best. And I I think more and more games are doing it. But I mean, how many times have you been watching a cutscene lately where you're like, come on, I just, I gotta go to the bathroom, like really bad. You know, when nature calls, she doesn't leave a message. So I gotta go and I guess we're just gonna let this cutscene run. I guess I'm gonna die, especially nowadays with more persistent online games. It's more and more difficult to pause. So, um, but I definitely recommend this game. Again, I hope I don't spoil uh, a lot. Um, But yeah, go check it out. It's called Tell Me Why. It's on Game Pass. There's three chapters. Each chapter is... Uh, about three hours again, like I said. And, but the thing is, it's a little bit difficult because you can download chapter one, then you have to go to the store, uh, type in chapter two, and then it'll appear two and three, and then you have to download two and three, and then you can't get you can't go to two and three from the home memory. You have to start the game, go through chapter one in the replay section, then click chapter two and hit start, and then it'll go from there, which is a little bit cumbersome. Uh, but I still think it's good, and it, it's a good. I mean, it's free, so I'll jump through a couple extra check marks to get something for free and try it out. So, yeah, I mean, I recommend definitely. And so I think uh, that gives my review. Check it out. It's on Game Pass. You're about you're out about nine to twelve hours, and you'll probably have a good time. Uh, you know, write me a, a letter or something or an email. A letter. What is this like? Nineteen ninety. Write me an email. Let me know if you went good or bad. Uh, and I think uh, after this. Um, as of right now, I'm going to completely spoil, tell me why, all three chapters. I've taken notes. I'm going to talk about what I thought and what stood out to me while I was playing the game, and I'm going to go chapter by chapter, and then I'm going to talk about the end and what I think about it. And like I said in my my just uh, easy, quick review impression, the first part of this podcast, there's a major thing at the end that really surprised me and kind of turned me around in the game and made it more relevant to this podcast. So... Uh, let's talk about uh, chapter one of Tell Me Why. So you have been warned. Right now, I'm going to talk about spoilers. One, two, three. All right, full spoilers. Chapter one, Tell Me Why. It's called Homecoming. Uh, I told you when it came out. That doesn't really matter. So what did I think of the beginning chapter of the game? Well, I took a lot of notes. So yeah, it's um, there's two siblings. They're twins, obviously, Allison and Tyler. Tyler transitioned. Uh, Tyler is at the Fireweed Rehab Center, and he's coming home to see Allison in Delos Crossing. She's actually going to pick him up, um, and they're going to go to their old home. So the thing I didn't want to give away was, um, you know, their mother did die on the property when they were young, but the kids were implicated. They said it was self-defense because as you go into a flashback in the beginning of the game uh, or the end of the first chapter, I believe, your mother chased, uh, you live on a, you know, next to some water, there's a dock. Your mother um, chases one of you with a shotgun to the end of the dock. Uh, um, it's Ollie. 
who used to be Tyler. And I'm only saying that I'm, I don't need to dead name Tyler, but basically that that's what it was. There was contention between Tyler wanting to transition and the mom not really understanding the whole thing. So young Tyler is there at the dock screaming for Allison. Allison comes and sees that the mother has a shotgun and stabs Marianne, their mother, in the back. She falls in the cold, cold water uh, because it's Alaska, and it's not winter, but and it hasn't frozen over, but it's cold. Let's just be honest. And she dies. So then both twins go to the police uh, station. They give a statement, but they tell Police Chief Eddie that um, young Tyler is the one who stabbed the mom. It was self-defense. She was coming at him with a shotgun because he doesn't want uh, Allison to be... Uh, her doesn't want her life to be affected, so he basically takes a fall. And that leads him to the Fireweed Center. It's like a rehab center. Uh, he begins his transition, but we find out later that he hasn't fully done a top procedure, which they talk about. Um, he's taking hormones and things like that. He even complains about the smells. He's like, man, men smell crazy. There's a lot of crazy smells. And being a man, that is true. Uh, I can't imagine, like, I guess being a guy, you just grow up with it, and you know it's bad, but you're kind of like, this is what it is. I can't imagine that, you know, that being a new experience and just being like, what is, what is coming out of my body? Because there, there was some points in puberty when I thought that, but you, uh, it's, you know, again, I think you get slowly acclimated to it, you know, um, at least I did. I know pure, uh, <laughs> I know puberty hits a lot of people. I, I have some relatives that like, you'd see them and you're like, oh, you're, you're young, and then you see him later, and you're like, "Whoa, what happened? It's been 18 months, and they're like puberty, man. It's, you know, it, it just hits you like a truck sometimes." But yeah, I can't imagine what it's like to all of a sudden th- this stuff happening to you, and it, um, you know, with the hormones and the the smells. I can't believe uh, that's got to be quite a shock, and um, you know, just get deodorant. Uh, I would say, and not the cheap kind. Let's be honest. Uh, spend some money on the deodorant. Make sure that it is what you need because I bought cheap deodorant before and was uh, very uh, dismayed by the quote-unquote protection that it offers. It's not that great. But uh, anyway, so uh, Allison comes to pick Tyler up. They're going to sell the home, and you find out they have a power because every Don't Nod game has to have a supernatural power. But again, like I talked about my spoiler-free thing, their power is basically using an inner voice because to me it seems a little, a little bit cliched. They are twins. They have to have a uh, power. So their power is being able to – they have a connection because they're twins. And so they have to be able to talk to each other so they can talk to each other in their mind. And they can uh, share things. They can have a conversation with somebody in the real world and then be talking to each other kind of like behind closed doors in their minds back and forth like telepathy kind of. And they can see memory imprints in the world, um, which they do see – uh, the more and more they're looking into the house and finding things about their childhood. They wrote a book called The Book of Goblins. They and their mother were kind of coming up with these really cool storybook things, which you can actually open. It's a spiral notebook and read. It was amazingly good art, and it wasn't until the end of the game I found out. I was only reading the intro to the stories. that You can actually hit the left and right uh, thumbstick back and forth and page through the pages, and I was hitting the bumpers, which basically went from story to story, something like that. You hit the Y button. And it was really frustrating because it was like, oh, man, there's all these stories, you know, but I was almost done with the game. And I think I mentioned it on here before, but if you're almost done with the game, you want to get through it. You don't want to stop. You know, there was this big reveal towards uh, chapter three, which I'll talk about then. And I didn't want to stop and read a book. I wanted to get to the end of this. You know, there was this great kind of thing that changed in the game, which I'll talk about more. But yeah, 
So anyway, uh, you guys are cleaning up the house. You're finding more out about your mom's uh, mental condition. You don't understand why she was unhinged, which I really like. I think a lot of people knocked this game when it came out for, oh, like it didn't really feel authentic to mental health, at least with the mother. You know, those are some of the kind of things I've gleaned from online. Well, see, that may be true, but I think uh, like a lot of things in life, we are peering from the outside inside this woman's world and trying to discern, which I think the actress did an amazing job. There was an amazing motion capture. There's moments of her being, you know, happy and uh, and happy-go-lucky and then moments of her being completely distraught and just, you know, having, an, I don't know if it's a bipolar episode, you know, I don't, I'm not a licensed bonded therapist. I don't want to diagnose her, but she definitely had something uh, wrong with her mentally. There was something I, I believe she needed help for. And I believe it is very difficult to look in that, uh, you know, look through the lens of, you know, again, these twins are coming back 10 years later sifting through memories which we all know memories are kind of iffy as it is they're sifting through those memories and they're trying to discover what is it about her that made her this way looking through photographs and notes looking through their book of goblins their mother helped them write this what was about this story of her being the princess in the woods why was she that why did she feel this way you know there's a medication bottle on her bed oh they're full she didn't take a lot why didn't she well she didn't want to ask for help you run into the local handyman who you find out has a crush on your mom uh that's another question the game brings up is who is our dad we don't really know who our father is uh but this guy is the handyman he's been looking after the house even after marianne the mother died and he puts a shotgun on tyler because obviously he doesn't know who tyler is and hasn't seen him for a while so he doesn't know what's going on so that's weird and this to me is where the difficult conversation comes from being a white heterosexual man uh sam it seems like the caretakers had a little bit to drink and he's allison's like oh you remember tyler and he's like right well tyler oh your brother right yeah well i've seen some of your transvestite people on tv but uh haven't seen you know i've seen men in female drag but i've never seen men the other way and allison says you know that's rude you shouldn't say that uh and tyler basically says no you know this is who i am now me you you, you can be really confrontational with him i was like okay well this guy's obviously been drinking and and i want to defuse the situation because even though he lowered the shotgun on me he still got a gun so i was like you know i'm me basically and i i like that um I didn't write down the quote, but it's basically like you, I, the way I looked at it again, this is a reconciliation. You're trying to kind of bring everybody together, or at least kind of find some common ground. So I was like, I'm, I'm being me, you know, and you decide to, um, you know, you're, you're looking to the house more. Sam doesn't want you to sell because obviously this is, a, it meant a lot to him. He had a crush on Marianne, your mother really loved her, but didn't really, um, didn't do anything about it. Just kind of loved her from afar um deeply in love with her um but you guys decide to sell the house but you still want to you know with everything that you've read or seen about your mother with these books and uh the book of goblins and the photos and things you want to understand what's going on so you decide to go talk to tess who runs the local uh, vicky vindy vitty store it's the vecky grocery basically tom vecky uh and tess is his wife and uh, she was very nice to your mom a long time ago. But also you find a how to raise your trans child book in Marianne's things and a youth camp pamphlet, meaning, you know, did Marianne want you to go to conversion therapy or anti-conversion therapy? 
Uh, and so you're very kind of distraught by that, obviously, because again, Tyler is who he is. And he doesn't understand why, you know, was his mom distraught that night? Did she come after him with a gun because he was transitioning transitioning, and Allison cut his hair? Um, he doesn't know. And so they want to go talk to Tess. Um, and um, you basically uh, try to look in the police station as well. You go visit Eddie, Uncle Eddie, and you want to see your mom's file to see what really happened. Maybe there's some notes in there about what, came to be the night she killed herself, you know? So you kind of devise to not only talk to Tess, which you do, they bring up the same song over and over again because you can actually see your memories. You hold the A button and you see like a wisp of yourself back in the day and you see these interactions with your mom and Tess. Tess is basically keeping a ledger of what your mother owes her because your mom is uh, basically living in the middle of nowhere in Alaska, Um, basically on the kindness of strangers, it sounds like, because your mom is suffering from some uh, mental ailments and probably isn't able to work, but she's a very good artist. So they do set her up as this, uh, I guess, tortured artist, but I don't think it was a cliche. Again, I think they did a good job trying to make her seem, uh, you know, like a fully-fledged person. Um, Because, again, they show her times reading to her children or uh, her kids say, man, you know, she taught us to do this in the shed, like, make this, and she was always crafty, and look at this, and um, so there's two threads that kind of go into chapter two. One is you want to get your mom's police file. They kind of set up in an epilogue that you're going to go to the police station and steal your mom's file, and then you need to go talk to Tess. Uh, you kind of do confront her at the end of chapter one, and she says, listen, I was just trying to be good to your mother, but you confront her about the pamphlet because you find in one of her emails, it's another snoop, you're a snoopy snoop, you find out that she was talking to um, the youth uh, religious conversion people. And so that upsets you that like, were you trying to tell my mom that I'm not a good person or whatever? Um, so, yeah. And uh, I think that kind of leads us to chapter two. So in chapter two, this is where the game bogs down a little bit. You, there's this big thing where you sneak into the police station. You start going through your mother's police files. And this is where it's like there's a computer terminal and they're making everything digital. But there's boxes of files all over the room and they're halfway marked. So you really only need four of the eight numbers they give you. But you have to go around the room, find a box that's labeled a certain way, pull out a file, read it go back to the computer, cross-reference it, it opens up another file. Um, you go back and forth like this for God, a good 20, 25 minutes, it seemed like, because I was reading all the files. Come to find out that um, someone had reported, it, it. I think it was Tess, had reported your mother, mother to child services because the kids didn't have any food. They were barely surviving in this cabin that your mom made. And Eddie, the police chief, had to follow up on it. You see a memory on the property of Eddie going to confront your mom the night that uh, Allison stabbed her in the back with scissors and they believe that this sent her over the edge because someone was going to take her kids away. Uh, You go through these files back and forth. You get caught. You go to Eddie's office and speak privately. And again, for me, this game was about reconciliation. So you can really lay into Eddie as both twins. It's really from Tyler's perspective. But as both twins, you can lay into Eddie and say, why did you do this to our family? You don't care about us. But I really was like, you know, you tried to do the best you could. Because Eddie tells you, listen, uh, the person had a case. Your, you kids were barely surviving up there. Tess was really giving you food, and that was the only way you were able to you know, sustain yourselves up there. And I think the person had a case. And even though I disagree and thought your mom in, in the end was a good person, you, know, you kids deserved better. 
and was she the best? I don't, you know, was she the best mother? I don't know, but I think this person had a right to look into it. And I think Child Protective Services had a right to try to protect you guys. And so, again, you could really come at him and say, how dare you do this to our family? But as Tyler, I said, listen, you tried your best. It was difficult. I understand you did what you did. Um, they do a thing in every Donut game where they tell you how many people do what. I think um, that was part of the 70% of people who, uh, you know, told Officer Eddie that um, it's okay that you understand. 30% of people basically told him to go fly a kite in a windstorm. So I think that was mean. But, um, yeah. I'm not saying I'm a better person. I'm just saying I'm one of the 70%. Uh, yeah, I'm a sheeple. Anyway, um, that kind of leads to the end of chapter two, but this bigger thing comes up of who your father is. Who's our dad? I don't know. You know, nobody can really answer that. Um, you, uh, that's another question. And you come to find out that maybe your mom had secrets of her own. Um, so the first question that really kicks off chapter three Oh, sorry. Chapter two was called Family Secrets. I, that's the one thing I didn't go over. Um, there's a great opening scene in chapter two with the twins. They're kind of playing and then it kind of through the house, like jumping on the bed, jumping on the couch, chasing each other. I think throwing pillows at each other. And it kind of cuts back and forth between them playing. And it's just like a really good intro. I know I probably should have said that right in the beginning. If I was better at this, I would have. I think that's just one of the things that stood out to me in the chapter. I, I like that there's good music. Donut's always kind of known for their music. I just really like how all that came together. And the ending question of who our father is kind of propels them through to the beginning of chapter three, which is called Inheritance. And that is when uh, at the end of chapter two, it's kind of revealed that maybe your mom wasn't as crazy. Maybe she was trying to help you and wasn't really attacking you or your brother, and then maybe Allison stabbed her for no reason. And uh, this causes her to obviously have a lot of trauma. She starts having nightmares. There's kind of a spooky uh, beginning. Um, you know, you and Tyler have this big falling out that, like, we need to figure out what happened. Your memories are a little bit hazy, especially around the dock where the incident happened. And so the whole thing of you guys trying to uh, come to terms with what happened uh, at the family estate and things like that, like pushes you apart because Tyler just wants to keep pushing you for memories. You as Allison say, no, I can't do this anymore. I'm done. I'm tired of asking questions. But then the question does linger. You know, the two big questions is who is, who is our father? And did I kill my mother for no reason? And this kind of leads to the whole thing with chapter three. Um, you, you wake up as Allison, you control her for the beginning of the chapter. Um, you kind of are not feeling good. You start going through Uncle Eddie, the police chief. He adopted you after the incident, like I said. And you start going through his house, which I didn't really appreciate. I know in a lot of games, it's kind of a joke in an RPG where people say, hey, you know, uh, you know, thanks for randomly coming into my house. How are you doing? And you say, fine. And they go, hey, by the way, it's dangerous out there. Take this. Something like that. But the idea is that you start going through their cupboards and going under their bed and stealing everything. You think someone would be like, hey, what are you doing? Stop going through my stuff. That's my stuff. Anyway, you kind of do this here. It makes a little bit more sense because uh, Uncle Eddie isn't home. And so you can go through his stuff. But it is weird when your character goes, I probably shouldn't be doing this. And you do it anyway. Um, Michael, a friend you met who I didn't mention, is uh, he works at, at the uh, Vicky the Vicky Vitty Vitty uh, store with you after you met Tom and stuff in the first chapter. Um, the owner of the store, Tom's running for mayor. Michael comes over with Tom. Uh, they find out that Allison wasn't feeling well, so they bring her some food. And uh, uh, Michael stays. Tom leaves. Uh, Tom's a really kind of short, you know, uh, sentence-wise. It's just a short, you know, very, very professional, very 
just kind of like on, you know, just doesn't, no joking, no jovial manner. Um, and you, you know, you, if I did this right, uh, at the beginning of chapter three, maybe you go to your mom's, uh, I'm trying to see if I got this right. So at the beginning of chapter three, you go to your mom's grave, uh, you say goodbye. Uh, it's the first time you've been at your grave. Tess is there saying goodbye to your mother as well because they were close. You confront Tess about um, what's been going on, how she treated your mother. She said, you know, your mom had a lot of problems. You also confront her. Tyler confronts her over how Tyler was treated. You know, why did you treat this way? You know, did you want my mom to convert me? And she says, I don't know. But I realize, you know, I am religious, but I realize God, you know, speaks in his own way. And, you know, he basically wants me to love you. And I, I love you. And just like your mom loved you, you know, she may have had problems with who you are, but in the end, she did love you. Um, it's good. It's very heartfelt. Uh, Allison decides, okay, let's, let's, let's do this. Let's first, let's, let's find out who our dad is. And I'm going to go talk to Sam, the handyman, because I think he is. And they do like a red herring thing where you're Allison before she goes to meet Sam, she goes to the police station because, uh, Debbie Wilson, I think, is the officer. She wants to go to lunch with her, um, but Debbie had some things going on. One of the other guys uh, touches you, and because of your ability, it's kind of alluded to that he may be your father, which is really weird. It kind of comes out of nowhere. I don't think it, um, you know, did anything. You do find out, I think, in Chapter 3 that your mother was having memories of this guy through your memory power. You're able to see that she was having confrontations with this guy who was your father, and he said, you know, nobody will believe you. Um, it is what it is. I won't help you basically. Um, so you're trying to figure out who it is. Chapter three, you go talk to Sam and say, you know, are you our father? And he says, no, I, you know, I love your mother. Uh, but I, I never, you know, I'm, I'm bad at looking, you know, your mom's a good person. Look at me. I'm a mess. She would never go for anybody like me, but I did want to stay around and make sure your kids were doing okay. So I helped out when I could, I, I fixed stuff and things like that. And then you come kind of, uh, upon a picture of the loft in the garage, the shed area, which you never knew there was a loft. Um, and this kind of leads to the end of the game. Uh, and in chapter three, you go to the loft. Allison said, fine, let's do this together. Um, and there's a side thing, Tyler and Michael, uh, Michael's gay, uh, Tyler's gay. Uh, they, ha- they share a kiss. Um, I thought it was a little strong. I'm, again, I'm a heterosexual man, but I thought, man, this is moving quick. This is like these people are in college and they got like finals in a week and they just got to move this along. I would have liked to see it develop longer, but I understand it's a three chapter thing. You got to share the thing. You got to share the guy's kiss. I got to feel like, why? Why can't it just be a thing of like, they were going to move in together. It could have been like, hey, let's, you know, let's get to know each other. Cause even Tyler says, hey man, we're moving kind of quick. Can we just slow this down? I thought, yes, that's a good thread. Let's just slow this down. He wants to be a chef. You guys can have a romantic dinner later. You don't got to do all this now. But like 30 minutes later, you make your move. And I thought, what happened? These It's like these people got to go. Like, hey, man, I got I got a lot of tables. I got to go. I got a, I got a thing to do. I get, you know, it's like I, we either got to do this or we don't. Like, what are they, on a timer? Come on, man. Violet, just pump the brakes a little bit, you know? Um, anyway, uh, that, that part was, I mean, it was nice, but I just think it was rushed. Again, three chapters. Maybe it doesn't, even though I said in the beginning it does a, a good thing, maybe not in everything. Um they could have pumped the brakes, all right? Let's see if this is true love. Let's just not burn through this. This isn't going to be a fling. You and Michael are going to be together a while. That's all I'm saying. Just pump the brakes. Anyway, uh, that's the last time I say pump the brakes, maybe. Um, you guys decide to go to this uh, fabled uh, attic uh, that you didn't know uh, was, like, built. Um, Sam built it for your mom. 
Uh, and I think this is a big misstep of the game, not story-wise or anything. There was just one reaction. So your mom is an artist. You, Marianne is an artist. They've set that up as she's like this tortured artist. You go up to the shed or up to this attic, and it's beautifully painted in glowing, you know, glow-in-the-dark paint with stars and a moon. And so the light is barely coming through the windows. Um, it's like midday. And everything's glowing and it looks amazing. And uh, Allison goes up there first and Tyler says, do you see anything? And Allison goes, no, I don't see anything. And I thought that would have been, hey, can we do another take of like, holy crap, because there's only been one time in my life that someone painted the room with glow-in-the-dark paint and they did the same thing. They did like a space thing. And it was the coolest thing I've ever seen. Now, here's the deal. When I saw that, I was maybe 12 or 13. Uh, these people are like in their 20s. I still think it would have blown their mind if they would have just walked into a shed, you know, this beautiful attic and seen all this glow-in-the-dark paint with a space theme. I would have been like, you need to come up here and look at this. This is amazing. Not, I can't really find anything. She only says that when she finds a light, turns it on, boom. Everything that you've written about in the Book of Goblins came with art. I mentioned the Book of Goblins earlier. It's a book of short stories that you and your mother wrote together. Uh, she would read them to you. You guys would come up with ideas. I think she would type them out. She basically painted these massive murals on the wall, on the wall dedicated to the Book of Goblins. You can um, go through them and solve these puzzles. When you solve these puzzles, there's a memorabilia from Marianne's life, and you find out that she was in love years before moving to Delos Crossing in the 90s, and that she actually got pregnant, that her parents didn't agree with her lifestyle because they were very rich, and they didn't want her to be an artist. A little bit cliched, but I liked it. The idea of you have tension with your family, and you got to go your own way. Uh, again, a lot of people don't like cliches. I love cliches. Um, I thought it was good. Uh, Marianne decides to leave home and this is where it becomes relevant to me and my podcast I've talked several times about losing children my wife suffered miscarriages come to find out that Marianne's child uh, I want to say Leo Ronan if I wrote it down correctly died uh, they don't say how he died but he died and she took a picture of the tree which appears to be where maybe she left his remains or buried him or something like that I kind of want to look into that more again my internet crapped out it kind of sucked but there is a baby blanket and a picture of uh, Leo Ronan, and it looks amazing. And it kind of dawns on the twins, like, this maybe led to her mental uh, state. Uh, when someone come, when you've already lost a child and somebody comes and says, protective services is going to come, and if they find any negligence, they are going to steal your kid. They're going to take, not steal, they're going to take your kids away. For good or bad, they said maybe that set her off, and maybe that sent her down this path. And I think it was amazing. Now what happens is you find out that Tom, the guy running the store, is actually your father. That your mother, Marianne, and him had a fling, you know, when you, you know, obviously uh, before you guys were born, uh, whatever. Anyway, led to the birth of the twins. He says, I will not help out. But he says, here's the kicker. You call and confront him. I think the art and everything was amazing. The murals looked amazing. There's also these little figurines you find in the game, and you can actually put them on a wooden pedestal, and I'm sure you get an achievement. I missed like three or four of the, the statue, the figurines. So you can put them up there and go, there you go. You're on your little pedestal, and I'm sure, again, that unlocks something. But um, you basically find out that Tom is your father. You want to confront him over it. Um, you call him to confront him. You guys have this big knockout, dragout fight. There is a punch involved. Uh, that's pretty much the most action in the game. Someone gets punched in the face. Rightly so. I think Tom's a dick. Um, but Tom says, listen, um, I was there that night because I was afraid of what your mom was going to do. So I saw what she did to what you did to your mother. You know, you, Tyler, murdered your mother. And so it basically picks up the night. There's a flashback. It picks up the night. It shows Tom kind of skulking around. 
um, trying to see what happened. Uh, you don't control him. This just kind of happens in flashback. Your mother is loading a shotgun and just very, very upset about what's been going on. Child services is going to come. She's afraid someone's going to take her kids. She says, uh, you, did it, you, know, you, you did this to me. They're going to take my kids. She hears Tyler yell outside the young Tyler, goes out and um, kind of confronts him, tries to get him to stop. He's at the end of the dock, and she has a shotgun out, but she, when she sees him, she lowers the shotgun and puts her other hand up to help him up. And that's when Allison comes because uh, Tyler's already yelled for help. Uh, Allison comes and stabs Marianne in the back. And so they have this massive thing. They punch Tom. Then they go to the end of the dock, and they're crying. Uh, this is one part of the narrative I kind of disagreed with. Now, this is a memory between both twins, and this is when you have the choice to say, we believe that, you know, you, Allison, you killed our mother, or you could say she came at Tyler with a gun. Here's the problem I have. Right towards the end of this decision, I kind of see that it's coming. You can decide which way. You know, this whole thing has been about memories and reconciliation, and Donan is very good about having two different um, things you have. Now, this is the one problem I have with the narrative. Tyler turns around at this point and says, listen, it's all on you. Whatever you decide, that's what we'll go with. That's what I agree with. And I think it would have been more powerful if this this story of reconciliation would have been both of them coming to this consensus. If Allison would have said something like, no, you know, um, really obscure reference for a second. So there's this book called Sphere that Michael Crichton wrote years ago. They made a movie about it. I didn't see the movie. But the Sphere, uh, they basically touched the, the crew members of this thing like abyss. They were in this underground aquatic center. They, they touched something called the Sphere, which gives them the, the power to create things with their mind, right? So whatever they dream kind of becomes a reality, at least is what I remember from Sphere. In the end, they know they couldn't defeat it because anything they would think of to defeat it would come around and start to kill them or it was, you know, because they'd think of a monster and then a monster would appear and start to kill them. So at the end, they all had to agree at the same moment that uh, this sphere didn't, wasn't real, that they were going to relinquish their powers and the story of their friends dying was tragic. It was basically like a collective agreement to rewrite history and i i wish tell me why would have done something like that like why don't we use the combined power of our memory to say this is definitively what happened for good or bad you're giving people the choice to decide something good or bad now i explained this to my wife afterwards i think the choices weren't that clear because it is terrible if their mother chased them with a shotgun and looked like they were threatening to the kid but if you are a sibling uh and you're mother has her back to you and the other sibling yells for help and you see the corner of a shotgun, you're probably going to do exactly what Allison did and stab her mom. Uh, they were both very young. The, uh, Allison stabbed her mom and her mom fell in the water off the dock. To me, that seems plausible. You would probably go into shock. Um, again, I've never done this before, but it seems plausible. You would go into shock if you stabbed your mother. And so I think that it makes sense that they went into shock. They didn't want. To, they wanted to come up with a story because obviously the police aren't going to believe them. You know, so be it. So be it. Anyway, what I think one thing I think was not good was Tyler saying, "This is all on you, sis. Whatever you decide, we'll go with it. That's what we'll go with." You know, and it's like, wait a minute, you you guys are doing this together. What if they were to use their superpower to say, "No, this is what happened." You know, because everybody in the town just believes that you know what the police report says, but we need to come to a consensus of what we believe happened. So why don't we? They do this thing where you hold the A button for a long time, and it's like your your memory is burning into your brain, or you know, it just shows the the wisp of the memory kind of burning into the real world. So 
I wish they would have done that. Okay, you and I agree that this is what happens. Yes, and they both maybe you got to hold like I don't know both bumpers down to burn the memory into your brain of like this is what happened. You know, instead of just agreeing that this happened. Um, but again, I explained this to my wife. Both situations seem terrible. You're again, your mom really coming at you with a shotgun. Uh, you would stab her and get her off your sibling. I would think. You know, um, and and two you seeing that your mom has a shotgun pointed towards your sibling is also bad. So, you know, Tom's threat of, oh, man, like, you guys are going to be, you know, Allison, you stab your mom, you're going to be a murderer. You know, Tyler will be fine. Like, his life isn't going to be ruined. Like, your life will be ruined. You'll go to jail. I mean, they said self-defense in the police report. And in a way, I think it was. You know, you were defending your sibling, and there was a shotgun pointed at your um and your sibling. So I, I think both choices were not that well. They weren't so far away each other that you're really rewriting history that much to make it tragic or uh, a good ending or bad ending. I think they should have just stuck to their guns and said, one, we rewrite history. This is what we see, you know, and it, you know, it doesn't matter in the end because even though, you know, we did this to her mom, it, it, it's a tragedy. That's what this whole story is. It's like, if I would have heard her say, because your, your mom does say something right before she helps out, and on one hand, she's got the shotgun, the other hand, she says, no, let me help you. You maybe didn't hear that. It's raining outside. I mean, all of this stuff is tragedy, and it didn't have to happen. But I don't think just saying, well, we have to decide, and plus putting it again, putting it all in Allison, saying, you have to decide how this goes, and I disagree with it. Now, the end of the, the, the game is good. You know, that's the big resolution. Um, I would have liked, uh, I'll check online and stuff, but I would have liked to go to the tree to just see if there's a memorial for Leo. That would, I think, been touching if you could at least go to the tree, maybe at the end and say goodbye. I tried to go outside. I looked inside the house because you put it up for sale and it's clean. Uh, you call Allison. You have a nice conversation on the phone. You're, you, Michael, and Allison are going to move into an apartment at Juno together. He's studying to be a cook. He doesn't want there to be a lot of junk food. Anyway, it's a good conversation. But you can walk around the house and kind of look at the last couple places. You can take some photos, send them to Allison. She sends you a text back. I thought that was really well done. But what I don't think is good is the idea that, like, it seemed like once I got outside, it just went to a cutscene and then I drove. Then, actually, strangely enough, Tyler calls Aaron, I think a counselor at Fireweed, um, who was set up once or twice in, like, the beginnings of Chapter 1. That's why I don't really remember him. But he says, um, you know, it's, it's, it's a monologue, basically. And Tyler's driving, but you hear his voice. He's basically leaving a message, and he says, you know, grief is... Um, kind of encompassing and comes back and forth, but I'm doing better. And I thought it was a good speech. I just wish they maybe had another epilogue where him and Allison went to therapy. Maybe they met with a therapist and they said, listen, this is what really happened based on your decision to, you know, what you decide happened to your mom. I think that would have been a more powerful ending. It's one thing to just call a therapist because several people during like, you know, did your mom go see anybody? Do you, have you guys talked about to anybody, you know? And they do, or at least, you know, they talk about going to see somebody. I wish it would have just been more of a thing of, you know, hey, we're going to go see a therapist, you know? And so that was really my only complaint at the end. But I thought everything made sense. It wasn't that sensational, you know? It, it wasn't a thing of, even though they had a supernatural power, it wasn't uh, crazy, you know? It just, I mean, it was, it was tragic, but it wasn't, Aliens came down and abducted their mother and all this just it was just a family tragedy And I like the fact that a game, you know, actually explored that um, And it seemed to take the right amount of steps You know, they have the number up for suicide prevention after the game ends Like if you feel uh, whatever, you know, the National Suicide Hotline Again, they have resources on their website for 
therapy and things like that. And so I think it was a powerful message about, you know, a family tragedy and it ended well, except, you know, the minor quibbles I had for the game. So yeah, wow, I've been talking for a while, but I think, I think that's it. I think that sums up how I feel about Tell Me Why. Uh, if you stayed for the spoiler review, check it out. Again, it is on Game Pass, so you're really just out the time to download it, and uh, you'll be about 9 to 12 hours into it. Uh, let me know if you played it. Let me know what you think of the ending, what you think could have changed, what you think could have been different. But um, I think that's it for this week, guys. So just to remind you guys of this podcast, uh, we'll hit my website, www.gamewithgrief.com, Monday morning at 7 a.m. Go there. Let me know what you think of the show. Leave a comment. Or you can go to Apple iTunes or the Google Play Store. Uh, leave me the likes, the shares, subscribe, give me the reviews. Let me know what I can do to improve the show. And uh, go to gwgpodfellows at gmail.com to uh, write me an email or something. Uh, let me know what you think of the show or how I can improve there as well. And you can find me on Twitter at Just Little Joe. So with that, I will talk to you guys later. Thank you.